Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. These podcasts are the ones that help you to develop footsteps with impact in your prayer life. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. We would appreciate if you recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, We would also appreciate if you recommend our app, AfriChrist, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store, and also the Google Play Store. It's the same app for both platforms. It's very well done, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again for downloading our podcast. This is Sam Kawesa, your host once again. And I am very grateful for all those who have communicated with us, telling us how good our podcasts are, either from our Facebook or um, by other means. We are so grateful, especially for those people in the different countries of the world. And we are amazed at how these podcasts are reaching people in different areas. As a matter of fact, it's been an amazing run for us. And we are so grateful to the Lord that so many people turn to us to learn about prayer. Anybody who prays under the guidance of the Holy Spirit will find a fellowship of the Holy Spirit so amazing that they'll be looking for uh, like uh, people who are like them. And that will be in a local church. So we encourage you to go to a local church, join one, join a fellowship. And in those countries where it's very hard, God will lead you. The Holy Spirit will guide you as to who you can fellowship with. And if you don't have anybody, just keep downloading our podcast. And we are very aware that some people in some countries are not able to uh, go to church or to even open a Bible, but they can listen to our podcast. They can just put on uh, earphones or earbuds and they can listen to our podcast and we are so grateful. And for those of you who are in other countries where you can freely do this, please uh, pray for those people. We can change the world through prayer. We can change situations through uh, prayer. No political power is more powerful than the uh, power of God. And so if the people of God everywhere would pray for those who are persecuted for their religious beliefs or even political beliefs, we can bring down any wall that's out there. So continue to pray for those people, our brethren, who are in those countries where they cannot freely Uh, listen to or even share the gospel. We have been downloaded in at least 34 countries uh, on our last count. And I'll read you some of them. The top 10 downloaders are the following in the following order. Uh, Nigeria comes one, United States number two, India number three, Uganda number four, Philippines number five, Sierra Leone number six, Ghana number seven, Canada number eight, Seychelles, number nine, 
and Zambia number 10. Those are our top 10 downloaders in the last month, and we are so grateful for all those people in, in those countries. I would like also to read you the other countries so you can also be encouraged when you hear your country or when you hear a country that you've been praying for so that they can listen to the gospel, okay? Now, these are the other countries. Uh, we stopped at Zambia as number 10, but now we have others. These are not in any particular order, but they have also been downloading our podcast continually. And these are um, Barbados, Cameroon, South Africa, Taiwan, Saudi Arabia, Namibia, Kenya, Jamaica, Guyana, France, Australia, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Tunisia, Singapore, Pakistan, the Netherlands, United Kingdoms, Iran, Gambia, Ethiopia, Spain, Tanzania, and so many others. So as you can see, our list is growing. People are really getting catching on and people are calling their friends, hey, download this podcast. So just to remind you, our podcast can be directly downloaded from the internet on www.africchristpodcast.com. That's where you get our podcasts. You can download them directly from the internet from anywhere in the world. But if you can, and especially the young people, they like to use some of the other platforms, you can uh, find us on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts. You can even ask Amazon Alexa for our podcast and it will pull them up. And uh, also you can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. But we also encourage you that when you go to any one of those uh, platforms, it does help us when you subscribe to keep track of where we are sending this and also to, it encourages us. And also like when I read out your country, like I just did, it encourages other people to know that other people in the world are listening just with them, getting all these prayer warriors around the world praying about different issues. Also, I'd like to encourage you, if you go to one of those platforms where you can communicate with us, you can send us your prayer requests and we shall pray for you. You don't have to reveal anything you don't want to reveal, but you, you, know, you ask us for prayer and we shall faithfully pray for you. And then, of course, when we pray, we will know that all the other prayer warriors around the world are praying with you. Okay, so thank you very much. Once again, now that's a little housekeeping. And I'd like us to continue with today's podcast, which is going to be about compassion. Uh, I have titled this podcast today, Compassion of Christ Empowers Supernatural Prayer. Well, we shall see from these uh, uh, stories that we're going to read in the Bible that every time the word compassion was used, miracles did happen after that. Now, what does that mean? Uh, does it mean we're going to do the same miracles? Well, we could. But the idea here is the principle that when you have the compassion of Christ and you pray about a situation, there is power. There is God's power. And we shall see at the very end why we say there is power. Does that mean that the other prayers don't have power? No, it doesn't mean that. But it, uh, there are some special prayers which require supernatural occurrence of things or supernatural immediacy of a situation and you you're gonna see that in the bible because jesus did uh, those things and then you'll see that we ourselves as human beings as followers of christ we also have that within us but we have to be able to want to use it or to know to use it so that it can happen miracles can happen now 
I'm not one of those people who think you know, who like to throw around the word miracle here, miracle there. But miracles do happen. But God entrusts those who are performing miracles because they are lifting up the name of Jesus and they are not abusing that power. Remember that time in the Bible when Jesus' disciples wanted him to pull down fire? They said, oh, Lord, should we call fire from heaven to burn them? They did want a miracle to happen, but because they realized that they had so much power around them, they wanted to harm other people. Jesus would not allow them to do that. See, that's the abuse of the power of the miracles. People use it today. Many so-called pastors or prophets or whoever, they use it and they basically want to attract people towards them, not towards Christ, not to elevate the name of God, not to lift up the name of Jesus. But they want to attract people because they know that people are needy. People need something. And they know that miracle kind of gives you that uh, supernatural feel, supernatural look. And so a lot of people are coming to these phony people because they promise them miracles. And But don't forget one thing also. The Bible tells us that the devil will be able to perform those miracles. That in the final days, because of itchy ears, people are going to be attracted to those kind of things. So you have to be very careful. So when, when I say miracle, I'm not in that kind of league. The league I mean is the league that follows the word of God. We follow the word of God. We believe the word of God. And we know one thing. Miracles do happen, okay? And these miracles may not necessarily be the things moving up and down, going this way and here, but it's going to be a miracle nevertheless because it would not have happened otherwise, okay? This uh, idea of the compassion of Christ came to me when I was contemplating doing something or talking to someone about an issue and I needed to really penetrate and show them that, listen, this is wrong, you are wrong, um, you know, this is the way to go. And it did happen to me the day after my birthday. And so I was sitting and I was contemplating how God has been good to me to bring me this far, to do so much for me, for my family, for my wife, for my children. And I was just thanking him in my spirit. And then suddenly... I remembered the situation I had to deal with. I won't go deep into it, but you'll understand. And so I would get upset and I would be thinking, God, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to tell this person or deal with this situation? Unless you help me, God would not give me an answer. It looked like forever he wasn't answering me. So all day long I was just thinking about this issue. And just God didn't seem to say anything. I couldn't find any scriptures. I went into the Bible. I couldn't find any scriptures to, uh, to back me up. Then suddenly, the Holy Spirit threw a word in my spirit. He told me, be compassionate. And it kind of threw me off because I didn't know how to apply compassion in the situation. And then I started to think, hmm, compassion, why compassion? Why is God talking about compassion? Why is the Holy Spirit telling me about compassion? What has that got to do with my prayer? What has that got to do with prayer? I was just praying, wondering what to do. And then it hit me. As, I, as the day went on, I started to read about the word compassion. 
And the first time I came across the word compassion was in the scripture when Jesus was um, uh, ministering to a group of people. I started to think about that situation and I, I, I tried to relate it to my situation and it just would not relate. They were just not the same thing. But I found out later on, as you will find out yourself, that God was really showing me a principle here. Compassion itself carries a lot of power. You think about the word compassion as a basket. And if you do not open the lid off of that basket, you won't know what's in it and it won't come out. We've all had the saying that you've opened the Pandora's box, right? It's like you have this one box and you do something and boom, stuff starts coming out. Well, that's how compassion is. It's this basket that's kind of innocuous. It's out there and it doesn't look like there's anything to it. But it goes deeper than that, my friend. And you're going to find out today that if you carry the compassion of Christ, you are carrying a power in prayer that you have never even imagined, okay? So the Holy Spirit kept talking to me and he says, be motivated by compassion when you're dealing with this situation because compassion is the seed for the next miracle. And I'm thinking, how is that? I don't necessarily need a miracle in this situation, but God continued to show me how powerful a seed compassion is for a miraculous situation or solving issues or producing much more than you could ever imagine you can produce, doing much more than you could ever imagine you could do. And the word compassion, if you look at it as a seed, you'd be amazed when that seed germinates and blooms, what it can give out, okay? So compassion, another picture that the Lord showed me was like, be gentle. He told me you have to be gentle in, in any situation, but in this particular situation. Be gentle and don't judge or condemn. And then he also told me, release kindness all around you. Be kind, be good, okay? Assist without expecting back. Help without expecting back. So it's like God was was kind of uh, defining the word compassion to me or for me in different ways. He was showing me the things that I expected of a compassionate heart or a compassionate spirit. And then he said, expect the miraculous through you yourself. In other words, if a situation confronts you or if someone comes to you, don't send them off and say, well, go and do this and the other. Oh, so and so can help you. No, God wants you yourself to use the compassion that's already in you or around you to help this person or to deal with this situation, okay? And then the Holy Spirit was telling me, no buts. In other words, don't say, but I am not able to do this, but I don't have money, but I am not the kind, but, but, but. God is saying, no buts. And so as I was sitting there in this contemplation of this word compassion, uh, the Holy Spirit was taking me through these things. So these are the five things, just to summarize a little bit of what I've just said into something much more so you can see where we're going. Number one, do not be judgmental or do not condemn. Number two, release kindness. Number three, assist without expectation or anything back. Number four, uh, expect the miraculous to happen through you. Don't send them to the pastor. Don't send them to so and so. No, God wants you to be the one to be used 
for this miraculous help or whatever it may be. And then the other one, no buts. Once God says move, you start moving. Don't give excuses. In this case, don't say, oh, I can't do this, I don't have this. And we're going to see in the Bible where this is. The scripture I want to read to you is Matthew 14, verse 14 through 21. And this is the scripture that we all know very well. This is the scripture where um, Jesus fed 5,000. Okay, But before he fed them, uh, you're going to see that these people had been following him around. I'll just start to where he starts working on his disciples. I call, it, I call it working on his disciples because that's where the principles that we've been talking about or we're going to talk about are going to come from. And that's where compassion is going to be expressed or should have been expressed. And you're going to see that the people, the disciples, because they failed to show compassion, Jesus nicely, without condemnation, showed them what to do and what compassion does. And I, I know a lot of those, some of those disciples, especially our friend Peter, probably said, man, I could have done this, I could have done this. But um, I want you to listen to this, okay? Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessary. You feed them. Now listen to this. Now the disciples say, But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked upward to heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up the 12, bas 12 baskets of, le of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. I want you to see something here. The Bible says here that Jesus saw a huge crowd and, and as he stepped from the boat. And he had what? He had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, you can see here that the compassion already started and so he healed them. But the next step, the disciples also really had compassion but did not know how to express it or to release it the same way Jesus did. Now notice the Bible says that he had compassion on them and healed them. See, for him, his compassion led him to do and fulfill their needs. Now, the disciples, it looks like, they too had compassion, but did not know what to do with it or did not know what it could help them to produce. And many times that's what happens with us. We may have compassion in a situation, but we do not know how to apply what we have. We do not realize that we have power. Okay, That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. So you see, they knew that these people were hungry. They knew that these people had walked all this way. Don't forget, they had no bikes. They didn't have cars. They didn't have trains. They didn't have what we have today. So the disciples are like saying, wait a minute, it's getting dark. 
and these people are hungry send them away so they can go eat so you realize that it also took them to have compassion on these people to suggest to Jesus Christ to send them away the only problem is they did not continue to provide the solution the same way Jesus did the bible says earlier that Jesus had compassion on them and he healed them the disciples had compassion on them but did not what feed them so Jesus said that isn't necessary you feed them yourself it's interesting to see what ne- what happened here next they said but remember i told you that the holy spirit told me no buts they said but we only have five loaves and two fish jesus did not give the excuse of the but they did when jesus says but he was saying but you can feed them but you can do it they did not know he hinted to them that yes i've seen you have compassion for them you can complete this whole thing by feeding them but they gave their natural reason why they couldn't do it they looked at their limitations their natural limitations we only have two lo- uh, two fish and five loaves you know what most of us would have said the same thing or if not worse at least they said they had something it's just not enough and then jesus proceeds to teach them something here remember in the beginning he had compassion and he healed them so now he's showing them that your compassion should have also gone on to go to the following step he said bring them here he said and he told the people to sit down on the grass jesus took the five loaves remember these are the same five loaves they started with but 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 he took these same loaves and he says he gave the bread to the disciples then breaking the loaves into pieces he gave the bread to the disciples what did he do first though the bible says he looked up toward heaven and what blessed them he looked upward to heaven and blessed them he looked to god to bless these people he looked to god to bless the food before them when you look to god he will multiply what you have jesus did not do a long prayer to the father but because he knew who he was he knew what he had inside of him he knew the power of compassion the bible says he looked to heaven in other words he looked to god and then he blessed the food he blessed the people and then he just started dividing 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 and guess what they even had leftovers now let me tell you my friend when you have those five things that i mentioned before that the holy spirit gave me you are going to turn your compassion into the power that you need to do a miracle for the situation you have it may not be in the natural enough it may not look enough you may not have enough money you may not have the personnel i don't care what it is but if you go with the compassion of christ in a situation god will help you to multiply now multiplication here let us not look at it as multiplication of just material stuff or money it could be multiplication of the grace of god and i'll give you an example one time i was at work I work in this area where there are a lot of people who are really very uh, opinionated uh, race wise. And so I was at work and this person who usually comes to the um for treatment, I was aware of him and he knew my name. 
he was talking to someone in uh, someone I was working with, but he didn't realize that I was listening in on the conversation because he hadn't seen me. First he asked uh, if uh, who was working, and then he was told that I was one in church that day. He started coming up with a tirade of things that were not very nice. Okay, I don't need to repeat them here. So slowly I got up, and then I just went and looked at him. And when he saw me, he was like, he tried to clean it up. And I told him, you are trying to clean it up. Don't want to repeat the conversation, okay? But this is what actually happened. And so he continued to leave. And as he left, I just looked at him. But, you know, I've faced situations like this before. And basically, I either just let it go or just think, oh, this person is ignorant. I never said anything about it. But somehow I was disturbed by this person. And the disturbance was not that he said it or he said what he said, but it was like this person, there was something about them that I needed to help out, but I didn't know what it was. And so as the day proceeded, the Holy Spirit kept pricking my spirit, kept pricking my spirit. And then finally, I felt this rush of compassion for this man. I know he was not feeling well, and I know he was sick, but the things that he had said, and he is an older man, so he had done this for many, many years. So these are things that he lived by, and um, about other people of a race different than his. But I felt this compassion. I didn't feel anger. I didn't feel anything but compassion. So I just kept saying, well, God, talk to him. Talk to him. Then I'll continue with my work. And then the next day when I came in to work, same thing happened. I just kept thinking about him. and I, was, I just honestly didn't know why, but I just felt this compassion for this man. Then towards the end of the day, and I worked very long shifts, towards the end of the day, the phone rang. But I was uh, rounding up everything, and I really didn't want to answer the phone two minutes before I leave to go. Um, so I was just like, no, they'll have to come to call back tomorrow. But... The Holy Spirit told me, pick it up. And I picked it up. And this man asked me, Sam. I said, yes. This is so-and-so. I said, oh, hi, can I help you? And he goes, I want to apologize for what I said yesterday. I should not have said what I said. It is wrong for me to think like that. And I said, oh, that's okay. You know, we normally would, you would say someone says that to you. You say, oh, that's okay. He said, no, it's not okay. It's not okay. I should not have said that. And again, I can't explain it, but I felt compassion for this man. I felt a liking for him, but he was hardcore. I'm serious. He has tattoos in his bald head indicating who he is, okay? I don't have to go any further than that. But he is tattooed all over, including his bald head. And he says, no, we should never speak like that to anybody. I don't have a right. I am so sorry. I said, it's okay. He kept saying, no, 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 it's not okay. I should never say that. Then I told him, well, I'm a preacher of the gospel, and so I forgave you. When I said that, he said, what? You're a preacher? He said, please pray for me. And I said, I already did. He said, please pray for me. With a cracking voice, he told me to pray for him so he can change. He doesn't want to be that way. So this man was in this for many years. He had been living in this prison of hate. But he really wanted to get out. He didn't know how to get out. I myself didn't know what it was. 
I should have been angry at what he said, but because the spirit of compassion came on me, something was breaking, breaking. Now, over many months, he would call. This time he would want to talk to me, and he would ask for me. He would make jokes, and then every so often he would say, you know, I thank you that, you know, uh, uh, you changed me. And I said, no, I didn't change you. Then one day he gave me a great testimony. He said, I want to talk to you. He called and he says, I have a friend of mine. We were both motorcycle people. He was a mean guy. Mean guy. And he said, and he has become a minister of the gospel. And he invited me to the church when he was being ordained. And he said, we gave our testimony and we cried like babies. We cried in front of those people like babies. This is months later. And this man was changing slowly, ever so slowly. And then yesterday he called again and he said something that really touched my heart. He said, you know something? I am so glad that we made up. I am a much better person. And when this man comes to my place of work, because, you know, we have to help him, out of respect, he puts his hat off and puts it around his chest on his heart. So I know for sure that man was changed. I know for sure that man got, was touched by the Spirit of God. But it was because there was compassion in my heart that I didn't know what to deal with. I asked God, what do I do? And all I did is, I didn't even realize that I was doing these things, okay? I did not judge him. I did not condemn him. And I released kindness towards him. I would joke over and over with him. I continued to assist him whenever he came and do exactly what I had to do. And I got rid of any buts. Oh, but he talked to me this way the other day. Oh, but he used to do this. No, I just started to apply what God gave me to walk in compassion with a compassionate spirit. And so as you can see, in my situation, the compassion performed a different kind of miracle, a transformation of uh, an avowed racist, basically to a person who is in the kingdom of God, who loves God. This man loves God. Yes, he needs discipling, and you could tell. But he loves God, and the devil had kept him in this prison of hatred. A lot of those people, are they could even be in the church. They could even be preaching the gospel, but they are full of hate. They don't know how to get out. They have this hatred for others. Uh, where it's concerning races, it's racism. And guess what? Racism could go one way or the other. Oh, in places where there are no different races, it could be in Africa, tribalism. It could be anything. And people don't know how to get out. But if we love, if we practice love and compassion, they will break out. God knows how to use those forces. He's the same God who mixes the air 78% 78, uh, nitrogen and 21% oxygen or whatever the percentages are so we can all breathe this same air and stay alive. That's why the Bible says that, hey, it rains on the evil and the good the same way. 
But you know what? God can do that. But instead, out of his grace and mercy, he does not do it to us. So practice compassion, and you're going to see that miracles are going to happen. Okay? Now, I want you to realize also that when that time comes, when our judgment comes, one of the things that God is going to judge us on, Jesus gives us that um, in Matthew 5, 7. And he tells us that, you know what? When, when we come to the end of our time and we have to face him, one of the things that Jesus is going to use to judge us is our expression of his compassion towards others. If you look deeply at the things that he will use to judge us, you're going to see that it's going to involve compassion. So compassion is a key to entry into his presence in the final days. It's a key for commendation on the final days when we are facing him. So it is a powerful tool to be a person of compassion. And so let us see uh, how this key works in these final days. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates, uh, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you do it to the, one, to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me sick in pre and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then you also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger, naked or sick in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do to it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So as you can see here, Jesus is saying that I'm going to separate you based on your compassionate spirit. In fact, in other translations, the word stranger means a foreigner, someone who is different from another place, from another country, from another tribe. And he's saying that you treated me differently. You are xenophobic against me. And you're going to think, oh, those people, they were just coming to our country to do this or the other, whatever country it is. You see, many times people think of um, Europe or think of uh, um, 
uh, America as the other country, quote unquote. But you know, this happens all over the world. This happens in Asia. This happens in uh, Africa. This happens everywhere where people are xenophobic, are tribalistic, are racist. And Jesus is going to sit and put us to account. He will not care how big your church was or how many books you wrote about him. He's going to say how you treated your brother. Why does he say that? Why does Jesus say that? He gave us the example of the uh, Good Samaritan. I've seen so many, so many ministries talking about Samaritan, Samaritan. It's not the name of the Good Samaritan that's going to redeem you. It's what you do as a Samaritan. Are you a Samaritan to your neighbor? Jesus is talking about compassion, the power behind compassion. I'm going to start reading it from Luke chapter uh, 10, verse 25 through 37. It may seem like a lot, but we need to understand to get the story. If you want to understand what compassion is and the power behind compassion, I encourage you to listen to this. And it says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So the man answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So you see, the man is also talking about compassion. He knows where the word is to justify his actions. Okay, And he said to him, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. But he wanting to justify himself to Jesus and who is my neighbor? So you see, he presses on. He's trying to elevate himself. And many times we do things and we want to elevate ourselves. And that's what this Bible says about this man, that he wanted to justify himself before Jesus. So who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance... A certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. You hear that word? He had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him? Remember the other men who they were? One was a priest. He was busy going to church to preach, to minister. He was busy going to a crusade to preach. He had no time for this man. The other one was a Levite. Remember, those are the Levites. Those are the people whose inheritance was the Lord. And he too passed. You know, they crossed over on the other side, pretending they didn't see him. How many times do we pretend we don't see the stranger? We don't see the one who is different than us. How many times do we pretend and we pass by when they are being persecuted, when they are being uh, uh, treated wrong? And then we go and stand before uh, other people on a pulpit or whatever it may be, just like that priest. And Jesus asked one simple question. Which of these three do you think was neighbor 
to him who fell among the thieves. And the man said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go do likewise. The Samaritan expressed compassion. That compassion did exactly what Jesus told the disciples. He told them, You feed them yourselves. It's within you. You have the power to multiply this bread to feed all of them. He knew there were only two, two fish and five loaves. Why would he say that if he didn't know it was possible? But they didn't know how to translate their compassion into the work. Same thing with these men. The priest knew how to preach it, but didn't know how to translate it into real work. The same thing with the Levite chosen by God. He too knew about compassion. He too did his job, but didn't know how to translate compassion that he is taught into helping the man who was beaten by the thieves. But here was a, a, a Samaritan who came and he knew how to transform his compassion. He transformed his compassion into his money. He took him to the inn. He translated his compassion into dressing his wound. In, in other words, he knew that for me to have compassion means that I can do what I need to do to help this man out. And Jesus told the lawyer, do likewise. Go do the same thing. Let your compassion translate into work. Now, we know one thing that compassion comes from God or the Holy Spirit. How do we translate this compassion into the miracles of helping, of doing things that God wants us to do? Very simple. I'm going to read a final scripture so you will see how you can translate this compassion. Whatever situation it is, is going to turn out miraculously. It's going to turn the worst vile person into one of the best people. That person who came and called me all kinds of names because of who I was, because of how I looked, ended up receiving that same object that I'm going to show you that helped me to translate that compassion into the healing of racism. Now, the catalyst for this compassion that we all have inside of us to become a miraculous offering to somebody else is love. It does not seem to make sense, but the catalyst is love. Now, does it mean that disciples didn't have love? Well, it's hard to tell of the disciples because they were around Jesus and they even brought up the compassion themselves, the act of compassion. But now let's take it to the Samaritan story. You're going to see how it is exposed, the lack of love is exposed. In this case, this man was uh, maybe unconscious. This man was bleeding. They did not have enough love to stop, to use the catalyst of love to turn compassion into action. They didn't know maybe how to use it or they never cared to. In other words, they lacked the love that would transform compassion into the miracle of healing and helping that man. Now we all know about the Samaritan. Everywhere you go, you just say the good Samaritan and people know exactly what you mean. Even people of other faiths. So you see, the love of God is the catalyst that will turn compassion into a miracle. Without that, it's just going to stay inside of you or around you or outside of your mode of operation. So now I'm going to read you this final scripture so you can see that really compassion is catalyzed into doing what it's supposed to do 
by the love of God. And why was this Samaritan different? Because for him, he showed love. You know, the love of God operated in him. So I'm going to read First uh, John chapter 4. Actually, the whole chapter 4 is good, but I'm going to read chapter 4, setting at verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent the son as the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Okay? Love has been perfected among us in this that we may we may have boldness the day of the ju- of judgment because as he is so are we in this world. I want you to understand this. He said as he is so we are in this world. Now remember we are talking about prayer that transforms compassion into a miracle. Remember God, we always say God is a miracle worker, okay? Now, he's here, it says that as he is, so we are. We too can perform miracles. Compassion, our compassion over other people will turn into miracles because compassion is is catalyzed by the love of God. And we have seen that God is love. And we have seen here that he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So as he is, so we are. So as Jesus is, so are the disciples. That's why he told them that you feed them yourself. And when they didn't, he went himself and did it because he wanted to show my father abides in me and I in him and I'm going to do a creative miracle here and feed 5,000 people plus with two fish and five loaves. Remember now, he told them, you do it yourself. Now they could not because at that time they didn't understand these things. So let's give the disciples slack here. They didn't understand. They were just being disciples and being told. And Jesus did a demo, a demo of this scripture right there and then to show them that he abides in the Father and the Father in him. So he did a creative miracle because of his compassion because that compassion was catalyzed by love and we know that God is love Jesus here is showing us showing us that in verse 17 of 1st John chapter 4 love has been perfected in us in that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God? 
whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So you see, those people, the priests and the Levites, they did not love God. They worked for God. They were employees for God, but they didn't love him because if they loved him, they would have used love and compassion to help that man. The Samaritan had compassion on him. God's love showered over him. God's love manifested by catalyzing the compassion and kindness. All those things go together. Kindness and compassion go hand in hand and they are glued together by the love of God. And so let me tell you something. When you pray, how is this related to the power of prayer? We all know that when we pray, we are really calling upon the supernatural to do something that's different. Things that we can't normally do ourselves. Ropes that we can't pull. Things that we, strings that we cannot see. We are asking God to do this in the spiritual realm. So we are doing things that may seem impossible. They may not make sense. Just like in the case of the disciples. How do you feed all these people? However much compassion you have. Well, if you have the love of God and you mix it together, guess what? It will catalyze the reaction to create more uh, more bread, to create more fish, to feed those people. It will catalyze the compassion to help this man who had been beaten up by the robbers. It will catalyze for you to love the stranger, the foreigner, the one that you think is different than you. Let me say one final thing about xenophobia or those people who hate others because they think they don't belong where they, they are. When we die... When you die, let's say you've not been kind to these people who are different than you. Let's say you want to kick them out. Whatever reason, what for whatever reason. Did you ever realize that the day you die, those same people will have more right on the ground that you're standing on than you do? Do you realize that you will not even have the energy when you're dead to put yourself in the coffin? Someone else will lift you up, dress you up, put you in a coffin, and even put you in the grave. But that same person who you maligned because they were different, because they were not born in your country, because they are of a different whatever, let me tell you, at that moment of life, it doesn't matter how much money you had, how much rights you have, he has more right to you on this earth of God. We don't own a thing. This is God's earth. That Samaritan recognized it, that if I am a neighbor to this person, at the end of the age, Jesus will say, I was bleeding and you dressed me. I was naked and you dressed me. I was dying and you helped me. Listen, if you want the commendation of Christ, practice compassion. If you want A miraculous answer to your prayers. Practice compassion. Compassion is fueled, catalyzed by the love of God. When you are compassionate to people, you don't judge them. When you are compassionate to people, you release kindness. When you are compassionate with people, you assist without expectation. When you are compassionate with people, you should expect the miracle to happen through you. When I say the miracle to happen through you, Only God can perform miracles. So in other words, expect to abide 
in him and he will abide in you for that miracle to happen and please no buts so those are the five points i want to give you to get powerful answers to your prayers because of compassion don't judge or condemn release kindness assist without expecting back because you know why compassion gives compassion is a giver that's why jesus says that you know don't just invite your friends who will invite you back invite the poor the ones who will not be able to pay you back that's what point number 4 is i mean number 3 don't expect anything back and you can find that in Luke 14:12-14 you can read it yourself Luke 14:12 verse 12 through 14 you know don't expect anything back number 5 no buts oh but we only got five loaves oh but i can't do this jesus says but you feed them yourself you do it yourself you are capable because it's not of you it's of him so it's been quite long but um let us um finish up by a prayer of compassion our impact prayer today is going to ask the lord to show us to how to be compassionate to others father in the name of jesus we come before you thanking you for your word today thanking you for the stories father may your name be glorified when we are compassionate to people and the way the name of jesus will be glorified is through the miraculous work that you're going to do in any situation that it may be father let us not expect things back when we are compassionate to people the good samaritan did expect but he gave more and even promised to give more father let us not be a people who do not see the next person next to us as a neighbor that's all you ask us to do father to be good neighbors to our friends to our people to those who are stranger to those who we don't know to our relatives to our parents to our children to our coworkers whatever it may be father let us be the good neighbor let us be the compassionate neighbor let us be the neighbor who expects your miraculous work to work through us to those people let us be the problem solvers even as you told the disciples that you do it yourself the miracle is within you because you knew you could uh, they could do it that's why you just continue you didn't condemn them instead you said bring the bread here bring the fish here and then you prayed to the father and then you started distributing the bread to feed that many thousands of people father we pray in the name of jesus that we become such a people a people who have compassion and the love of god father may the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us all now and forevermore amen thank you okay my friends thank you for listening it was long but it's a very powerful way to deal with daily regular things of life and i know you you you'll be able to do it i've done it in many ways i could have given you many more examples but uh because of time look up those scriptures and you're going to see that the compassion of Christ and the love of God is actually the fuel for the miracles that we may be praying for amen god bless you i love you and we'll catch you again next time bye bye